Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to post-match reaction of the All Blacks versus the Pumas. It finished 39-0, an uh, impressive and a statement performance by the All Blacks. Um, to uh, go through and have a chat about this game. Um, I've got Stephen Harris joining me. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Paul. Good to be on the show. Thank you. Uh, uh, well, thank you for joining me. Um, the uh, So, I mean, this um, essentially turned into a, I mean, the opening kind of uh, sort of 10 minutes, Argentina had some territory and then basically spent the rest of the game in their own half with very little of the ball. They occasionally came out of it, but that was... I mean, we're talking. I've, I've, I've rarely seen a game where territory has been so dominated uh, uh, throughout it. And whilst this is a, I mean, thirty nine nil is still a big win, uh, but um, I think the the you know, Argentina hardly looked like scoring. Never mind, um, never, never mind being actually in the game. Yeah, you, you did right, Paul. I guess we got to give them a bit of credit for for, for scrambling on on another another day. This call, score could have gone. Well over fifty, and and listen, they scrambled really well. Um, I, you know, I thought getting a second second card in this in the second half, they'd really struggled to keep pace. Um, but you could see signs of it, like you said, after twenty minutes, a lot of their forwards were starting to walk. Yeah, even after twenty minutes, they were starting to walk towards the uh, the, the line out, uh, um, and that was so you could you could tell that they that they had gone through um, a a lot of work. Joining us in the live chat then. Uh, we've got uh, nocturnal rights. He goes well, and the All Blacks. Um, he got bored in the second half, though. No contest. Yeah, it definitely. The, the first half was much better than the second half from a from quality of play point of view. Uh, we had a lot more stoppages in the second half, uh, and um, I've got one stat that'll explain part of that one. We've also got um, the uh, reviewer joining us saying that basically all the uh, all, all the rugby championship games so far have been won by more than seventeen points. Wow, I hadn't realised that, Stephen. It's, uh, it has all been a bit one side, hasn't it? I think basically what it's pointing to is probably the two two best sides meeting um, in the last two weeks of this competition, Paul. That's what it's. What that's pretty much what it's saying at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. We've got Richard Sterling here, one of our presenters on our N- NRL sh- show, uh, the Standoff, which is on Wednesday nights at eight pm. Uh, he says, uh, "Yeah, predominant felt like over sixty percent of the ball for the um, 
the All Blacks. And yes, 62% territory, 69%, sorry, 62% possession, 69% territory. And it really was the territory side of things rather than the possession that was uh, that was overwhelming um, in that the, the, the um, yeah, the, the Pumas just didn't get an opportunity to put any phases together in the uh, the All Blacks half. I think they, they threw up a stat at one point that showed several minutes for the All Blacks in the uh, Pumas 22 and then the Pumas with like 23 seconds in the uh, the All Blacks 22. So um, from that point of view, uh, yep. Yeah. But you, you, you're quite right. I mean, even they, they had to make 199 tackles um, in this game, um, attempted 228, but still... 87% um, tackle efficiency is they just they, they don't really know when or they never give in. They just keep on going, don't they? Oh, they got a lot, lot of heart. And you could theoretically, they probably saved probably, I think the, the All Blacks might have went across the whitewash about on three or four occasions and they managed to get a body or a, a hand under the ball. So yeah, you, you can't question their 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 effort or their or their determination. But I think to really be in this contest, they needed to, to be close at half time and at least have some points on the board as they were a year ago when they upset the All Blacks. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um so in that first half then um we had uh, the uh the, the opening try um there was a line out and then uh Severin Reese um went um went over. Um um no, sorry, wrong one here. Sorry, um, this the first one was Rico scoring, wasn't it? Um, yep. With um, with with Bowden offloading, a bit of a knockback by Argentina and um, and Rico winning. So um, a bit a bit of a lucky one there uh, in that to, to get them off the mark. Uh, but they uh, had already spent quite a bit of time, or already were spending time in the uh, the Pumas twenty two, uh, which is what was leading to that pressure mm-hmm. on that one. Um, then I guess we had the story of the game, or one of the one of the sort of subplots of the game, which was uh, disallowed tries or tries that <laughs> tries that just weren't quite there. Yeah. Um, we had um, Jordy chasing a crossfield kick that he just couldn't quite get down um, before he went over the dead ball line. But I mean, amazing, uh, some great skills by Jordy there. Um, the uh, uh, and then the uh, the Pumas um, had a uh, had, had a shot at goal, which was their only will their only scoring opportunity really in the whole game. Um, and uh, which uh, which which kind of was a bit shortened and, and to the side. Um, uh, but uh, I think that was a sensible thing, though. At that stage, was uh, going for post, Stephen. And I, I think um, that the, yeah, the the viewers needed to get just to get on the board, didn't they? So they needed to take any opportunity that came their way. Yeah, I was a bit surprised as well because it came up really short. You know, we we know Sanchez is a good good striker of the ball. And he did, you know, there were times, especially with ball in hand, you, you saw the footwork that he's that he's got and he's capable of. But but really I don't think they could get over the advantage line. A lot of their running was was sideways and and one off. And you know, we spoke about the uh uh during our rugby convert we've got a rugby chat line. We were talking about at times uh, maybe both teams guilty of, of slowing each other's others ball down. And I, I think the All Blacks did that really, really well. Did enough to <clears throat> to slow the ball around and not give them an advantage line. Yeah, Nocturne writes says one of the things about Nick Berry was uh, uh, was allowing the tacklers to often to not, not release the ball carrier. Yeah, I mean, look, one of the tactics that was working really well for the Pumas in that first half was they were able to hold the player up. Uh, and, uh, they're, and he eventually got a knee down, but by then it had already been slowed down. They were and they they weren't generally turning it into a maul, but they were but they were doing enough to that, that, that it was it was um uh, that, that it was kind of uh, uh, what do you call it say it was slowed down enough that the All Blacks weren't be able to get um, 
that pressure. And when they did start getting um, quick ball, that is when um, that, uh, that, that that's what really led to those uh, to, to getting the territory, getting the getting out the airline, and getting those two tries um, just before half time. Um, admittedly, both came off line out malls um, to uh, to one degree um, or another. I'll tell you the other thing, Paul, I think just in terms of of, of that tackle area, I think sometimes you just got to get your placement, your body body in the right right position as well. And just, just in terms of the way that you're, you're falling, there was an example, probably a good five minutes before halftime where there was just a slight, slight adjustment where the All Blacks were actually moving the body back a little bit just to place the ball. That just gives you... Boy, just that split second. I thought there were times where once they got locked in and an Argentinian player got over, got over the ball. I think it was pretty much lost that breakdown. But I think there were times that little adjustment that they made. You saw a perfect example of Rico Ioane doing it, where he was taking the tackle and he was slightly isolated. The the clean out player was slightly late, but he actually adjusted his body and he adjusted it to his body to the point where the the Argentinian player coming over the ruck actually fell down into the ruck, conceding the, conceding the penalty. So sometimes when the referee's not officiating it the way that you're seeing it, I think you have to adjust your game as well. Yep, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and uh, Bo is joining us as, as well again in the darkness. Hopefully he hasn't lost power again uh, and he's running on his generator, but that might be what's, uh, that's might be what's happening there. Um, AK's clearly been back, back the before because he goes, this bridge is certainly no Ben Smith, Paul. Which is a comment that I've made a few times. Uh, that uh, he's a ben, I say he's a Ben Smith style player rather than necessarily as good as Ben Smith. But anyway, but I'll, I'll just clarify that. But yeah, so sorry. Go ahead, Bo. Yeah, look, um, I, I agree with Steve on one count. Uh, the technique which the All Blacks were using it's it's called the long arm ball placement. Something players practice quite a bit. And what they basically try and do is in one dynamic movement, uh, you you kind of almost twist into a shape like a letter C, where your arms kind of extend to almost where your ankles are. It's kind of like in that uh, fetal position, you just kind of overextend. And just making making it difficult for the arriving uh, ball players or the jackals to actually get their hands on the ball. Um, the other side of it, of course, uh, I've been very vocal about this. I think uh, there's, there's a few referees in world rugby who just don't position themselves correctly. So, look, if you can get away with it, fantastic. But all it does is it just kind of slows the ball and slows the game down. Uh, and it's just something which uh, we didn't see last week. If you notice, the referee was right onto it, and we had a, a much faster game. But you know, you know, good on the Pumas for uh, trying their luck. They got away with it, but eventually the scoreboard just told the entire story. Yeah, and those two tries um, on half time. First off, just before half time, um, we had Reese going over. He had about four players in front of him uh, and when he was five metres out, but managed to kind of weave and dive his way through the four players, scored tries. So very good work from him. Uh, not your winger's try by any stretch, kind of more what you think is a centre or a uh, or a loose forward might do uh, to, to score from that position. So Severis really went looking for the ball this evening uh, and uh, did a lot of work up the middle of the pitch. Um, and that was followed up by Papi Lee's line-out more try, that more conven conventional uh, one there, which meant suddenly uh, the game blew out from being 10-0 uh, to 22-0 um, in that last four minutes of the of, of the half. Um, and that's pretty much where the game sort of disappeared at that point, I think. 
the yep. 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 Got to got to go along with got to got to go along with you, <clears throat> Paul. I think just before half time, I thought yeah, it kind of broke them when they got to seventeen. I think that try pretty much right on half time. The Dalton Papali try with the Geordie Barrett conversion, and actually, I was really delighted to see that goal kicking change. Um, come in relatively early because I, I think that last that strike of Sevi Reese's try pretty much told you it wasn't going to be, uh, it wasn't going to be um, Bowden Barrett's night. It, to be honest, that was a, an absolute shocker, and uh, they they made the adjustment, changed the goal kicker, and really good move. Yeah, look, there's, yeah. there's nothing like making a player work for his food, and that's that's you know it shows it with Sevi Reese. He gets dropped, uh, albeit tactical, one week, and then he comes back. And, you know, he plays himself right into contention. I mean, lots of work. One thing I have to say about Sivu is he's very, very deceptive for his size. His strength is phenomenal, and particularly the upper body strength, where he actually can take uh, a, a, a higher-than-usual level of contact stay on his feet, and he has the awareness to spin out of tackles. And as you rightly pointed out, Paul and Steve, it was just phenomenal what he did there. And, boy, isn't it nice to see a, a goal kicker like Jordy, come and knock Bangles points over because um, really, I mean, persisting with Borden was, uh, you know, that that was just, you know, that was that last kick he missed. You know, it, it is unforgivable at this level. That looked tired. He looked a bit lazy there, I thought, and uh, tactically it was the right thing. Swap one Barrett for the other. I think that, that, that first half flowed really well. I mean, we had one scrum in the first half, which, uh, which amazed me. So, uh, and eighty-one um, percent territorial possession coverage when it was now that I noted down uh, to nineteen uh, for the All Blacks, and it was pretty. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was basically after about the first ten minutes, just camped in the the Argentinian half, particularly their twenty-two, um, and uh, yeah, they would have been very happy. They would have been very uh, relieved, I think, to have picked up those last two tries before half time because they were not getting the. Um, the, the reward for the possession that they had before then, 10-0 did not show the the flow of the game or, or, or the uh, uh, and and they and uh, it was yeah fantastic defensive effort by uh, the by the um, Haguaros not the Haguaros Jesus the Pumas sorry um, <laughs> that uh, at that point <laughs> um, well uh, just have a quick half time um, advert break then. Uh, halftime in the game, that is. Uh, if you would like to support us uh, and, or, well, please do support us on this channel um, by heading over to patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio um, so that we can uh, get the kit we need um, and uh, buy Boa some extra light bulbs uh, so that uh, we can um, so we can actually <laughs> see him. Uh, then please head over there uh, and uh, support the uh, and get support, support channel and also get access to exclusive videos and podcasts um, for, uh, for as little as a dollar a month. It's entirely up to you how much you want to give uh, for that one. Moving on to the second half then. And, um, wow, we had one of the tries uh, of the season. Uh, definitely there. TJ Purinara taking quick taps. And clearly the All Blacks wanting to take this, uh, to speed this game up. Spun the ball wide. Uh, we had the uh, break down of the wing. Um, and uh, that... Um, uh, the bridge uh, was basically running into a blind alley, so he kept the ball alive. Ball came back. Bowden Barrett um, found a big gap that he ran through, avoided defenders for a bit, uh, then took contact, and then did a reverse, one-handed reverse pass 
um, out to Luke Jacobson about 10 metres away. Uh, I that, that That's going to go down as one of the passes of the year, hasn't it? So, but, yeah, look, that, that's what people come to watch and expect from the All Blacks. And, you know, when everything sticks, it, it looks amazing. It's what I call the silk. Um, and, look, the, the, the key is whenever the All Blacks attack the fringes, that's where the gaps tend to open up. And it all comes down to the quality of the passing in the midfield. So whenever there's broken play, and particularly if our halfback in this instance, TJ Perinara, takes a quick tap and he looks to uh, ping the corners, that's where the gaps open up. So I think all in all, it was a good sort of, uh, you know, training park run where the, 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 the structure, the Argentinians lost their structure and they got caught on the back foot. But again, that reverse pass, man, that, that, that was straight out of, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's the sort of stuff you fantasize about when you grow up playing rugby, where you, you know, you could, you could do that. You could do that at test level. Uh, and it certainly, uh, you know, set the test alight. So, uh, yeah, early contender of a try of uh, probably the season. Um, and hopefully they can, uh, you know, get better, particularly with next week looming around. Yeah, it's, it's the sort of pass you see when you get a group of guys down on a, down in a park having a bit of fun, throwing a ball around. Then they get, they get bored with the left and right pass and then decide they should throw passes around the corner. It's, the only problem is this guy does it on the highest stage of, uh, of rugby and you just go, wow, seriously? But yeah, and also he finds the guy, whereas quite often yeah, when, we're yeah. doing, when you're doing it in, on the, in the park, uh, it's definitely bouncing um, off the uh, off, off, yeah, bouncing off the grass a lot um, with that one. Um, the we then went through. We then had two disallowed trials, two tries that didn't, uh, yeah, that, that, that weren't allowed. But and Bowie, you said there that some um, it was around the around the edges or out wide where they managed to um, get the uh, get the, get their um, the joy. But the inside ball became a big thing in that second. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Second half, um, where to stop the uh, Argentinian defence from basically floating off onto the next person, um, there was definitely some, some room inside when they when they looked for it. And I guess perhaps a slight concern here that it took the coaches because um, Jordy started kicking after half time. Using that inside ball happened after half time. That all seemed to be done. That seemed to be a coaching change, not a leadership on the pitch change. Yeah, look, uh, one thing I have to say is particularly after that uh, yellow card in what was the 40th minute, uh, the Argentinians didn't actually defend the fringes or the, the, the very axis of the ruck. And I think that's what the All Blacks understood. And yeah, probably a coach-driven thing. It came from the sidelines and they looked for that inside pass because 
the Argentinian defense. It was almost like what you call an open umbrella or a parabolic defense. They were sort of moving forward and a number of times they were offside. Uh, so that inside pass, I think there were four inside passes back to back to back and it just kept giving uh, post-contact meters. So look, it, it was really nice to see. Um, I, I, would, I, I would have loved to have seen them kick a little bit more, particularly put pressure and get the Argentinians run back. If you saw on one instance where TJ Perinari do that really well, he saw the gap, he put the ball right back. And obviously now you can't force it because it'll be uh, a kickback. So uh, yeah, I, I just felt like, you know, they were trying a few things uh, in anticipation for next week's big game because, you know, particularly uh, just before halftime once that uh, uh, big so, part. Two, the big game in two weeks. We've got Argentina again next week. That's right. So, um, yeah, it, it was good. It was good. And uh, the All Blacks didn't quite really put the foot down. I thought they just sort of, you know, at times it looked like they were having a bit of fun. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how things progress from here. Yeah, I mean, some of the interplay, as, as Hayden says on Facebook, some of the interplay was fantastic, was outstanding. Yeah, we had 14 offloads um, in this game from the All Blacks, uh, which was which was there. Um, the um, the uh, uh, but uh, hey, with Quade Cooper in the next game, who knows how many offloads we'll get um, from that one? But um, the um, sorry, in response to Aaron's comment in the live chat there, um, the uh, it was very interesting that Amur went off after 43 minutes. On 49 minutes, we lost Bowden and Havili. Well, they lost. They replaced Bowden and Havili. They really went to that bench early doors, didn't they? To to keep uh, to give the the guys on the bench uh, a lot of uh, some some minutes as well in players like uh, Dane McKenzie, who hasn't played ten much recently, uh, Quintapaya, uh, and also uh, Samisoni Tokalahi. Yeah, yeah, good good move in my opinion. You got a big three weeks <clears throat> coming up, especially what's it's now looking. I'm not sounding arrogant. You've still got to play the Los Pumas again next weekend. But I, I tell you what, now's the time to to basically give these guys a rest. I mean, so the Pumas did incredibly well. You said before how many tackles that they made. Boy, it just makes you wonder how much petrol they're going to have in the tank this time next week when they have to roll out and, and actually do do this again, where some of these guys who were replaced in the All Black team today will be fresh for next week and ready to go. And, of course, there's a couple of names to still come back into the side. You know, for me, What's really, really impressive is, you know, the depth. The depth is, is actually is actually starting to show right now, and some some guys are really um, starting to take their their opportunity. I mean, as I thought, Amua started slowly, but gee, he got really better. The, the the game went on, and I thought that locking combination of Barrett and Retallick, given that we chances are we're not going to see a lot of um, a lot of white lock, if at all. Um, I think they're just starting to mould a really good combination, those two. And Luke Jacobson, not my cup of tea, but boy, he got better as the game went. Yeah, I, I say, we just mentioned that Amur has gone off after 43 minutes. He made 13 carries, admittedly only for 20 metres. But um, that's that, that. a lot of that work was tiring out that, that Argentinian defence. Uh, the only person who carried more than Amur um, was Luke Jacobson. Luke Jacobson was on for the full 80 minutes, which just shows you how much work uh, Amua got through in the time that he was on there um, with that. Um, and uh, one of the um, points Arshin breaks here is that the line-out is still a problem for us. All long throws look dodgy. Yes, I, there, there were, uh, as, as I mean, he makes the question, how many how many tries were left out there? Well, um, there were at least two um, who were left out there from just line-outs close in, in the 22 that were just overthrown uh, or, or stolen at the back where, where the malls could have been available. So the... 
uh, and that is on top of the three tries that were uh, not given, uh, correctly not given. I mean, we're not, not trying to say that uh, there was anything, any, that, uh, that, uh, um, anything wrong with them, but or anything wrong with the officiating from that point of view. Um, but yeah, with, so, so that's at least five tries that uh, were potentially on. Now, you can't say, oh, uh, the rest of the game would have happened exactly the same if those five tries had happened or if any of those tries had happened. But still, there is something like 35 points were left out there. Yeah, this could easily have been a 60-odd point game um, with this one. Um, uh, Alstrom says Dalton, pretty Sam Kane-like. Uh, yeah, he had a good game um, defensively, attacking-wise. Uh, yeah, only three carries, which um, which made made him the, the one of the lower one of the lowest carriers. But that's not what he's been picked for. Um, and in in that one, um, and uh, Arsenal decided to well, talk about this game, not the next game. So we won't bother about whether he, whether we'll have scrum issues going forwards or not. Um, yeah, we then had uh, Bridge going close, just held up. Um, from my mind, actually, I was I was wondering, should he have uh, should the try have been allowed if he had got it down, as in. How how long can you hold on to the ball before you're supposed to release it when you're tackled? But anyway, um, that didn't come up because he was held up um, and some some fantastic work there. Um, anyway, 29 nil down, uh, and as we've said, the Pumas chasing absolutely everything. Um, and then uh, Blackadder um, decided to, his, his knee touched the ground. He took three or four more uh, driving steps to 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 get over. Uh, so that was that was disallowed for double movement, but. Yeah, it was a matter of we're suddenly thinking, with uh, with with basically an hour gone, we're going. Wow, it's only twenty nine nil, and there's only been one try in that second half. Uh, is is there a problem for the All Blacks about the fact they not scoring that first twenty minutes of each half, or just or leaving tries too late? No, no, not at all. I think that particular instance where we didn't score, where the All Blacks didn't score. There's nine penalties in, in about eight and a half minutes and there's so many stoppages. So from a tactical point of view, that's that's actually quite brilliant because all you're doing is pinging your position and tiring them out, you know, five meters away from a defensive position. So, you know, fast forward two weeks from now, if they can do that to the box, that would probably be the winning and, you know, not winning the game. So I, I, I thought it was fantastic. And, and also, look, it got a bit ridiculous because in and amongst all those penalties, there's probably about six or seven other advantages. And I thought, uh, I think it was Matera, he uh, infringed, you know, it was very cynical, uh, twice back to back. And he was on one yellow card already anyway. So it, it got a little bit messy. So no great reason to be concerned. Um, although what I would be doing is if I, get from tactical or coaching point of view, if we get an opportunity that close, take the points, build the scoreboard, kill the clock and play some smart rugby. Yeah, look, the second half, as I mentioned, the first half, there was one, there was one scrum. In the second half, um, there were 11 scrums, which, um, so there's a, uh, so what, so that's uh, a scrum every four minutes. Um, add into that, we, the Argentina started giving up a lot more penalties uh, it ended up being 11 to the 11 given up by by the All Blacks, but 18 by Argentina. That's about twice as many uh, as 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 a uh, a coach is going to be happy with. So, um, and that included two uh, two yellow cards. So, uh, yeah, it was a very uh, disjointed second half, which meant it overran. And this is why this show started probably about 10 minutes late because <laughs> this was a longer game uh, than I mean, not not as long as the. Um, as, as, as game two of the uh, uh, Springboks versus the British Irish Lions, but still, this 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 game overran 
because that second half overran. Uh, we've, we had TMO use quite a lot. I mean, also we had those two tries to be looked at. We we got blown up for other things to be looked at as well. So we used the TMO about four or five times. We had those 11 scrums plus those penalty breaks. And yeah, it really was a slow um, second half. Those, those stoppages were heaven sent for the Argentinians because if the pace had remained the same as, as, as the first half, and Boyer will agree with me, Basically, the score would have blown out, but I think the fact that it's that it's stagnated. But I think even as the All Blacks, you probably get to a stage where, yeah, listen, we know we, we've got this one. Ten minutes to go, shall we kick to the corner? No, we could chuck this this penalty over, and I think that's pretty much that. That was the mindset. Listen, we've done what we've had to do. We picked up the bonus point. Yeah, these guys have given us a good, what I will call a training, training, training field workout. But we've got another three weeks of this to go. Yeah. In the modern game, gentlemen, like purely from a coaching point of view at high performance, you know, moving a side, a defensive side, side to side, and just keeping the pressure on them for a, a good concerted uh, period of time is not a bad thing at all. So in that sense, the All Blacks would have achieved what they would have wanted to from that, particularly next week and then the week after against the Springboks, because they're going to go through periods like that, particularly against the Springboks, because the Springboks have a very similar uh, blitz or a rush defense. Obviously, they're going to be a lot better. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to be a lot better than the Argentinians. Uh, and maybe, you know, we might see a similar uh, tactic at the breakdown where they're actually leaning in with one knee and, and just that first player straight over, putting the hands on the ball just to slow it down that touch. So I, I, I see this as a, a wonderful dress rehearsal with, with all due respect to the Pumas. Uh, but all in all, I think the All Blacks will be happy, particularly with that period, because it was just, I think, less than 90 seconds in real time, ball live in play over 11-minute period. Yeah, well, I think we talk a lot about the All Blacks. We should talk about the Argent uh, the Argentinians. Uh, the reviewer asks us, where does Argentina go from here, boys? Boy, that's a, that's, that's a really good question, because this game tonight would have expended... A lot of lot of energy, right tonight. Apart from a couple of the props that they lost, this this was pretty much back to full strength for this Argentinian side. And to be honest, um, the, the thing I'm trying to get my head around: where have they gone in the last year? Um, because a, a, a year ago, they were they were looking like giant killers, and they've just gone gone backwards in a um, a major way. Has the Michael Checker shine worn off in the last twelve minutes? Twelve months, beg your pardon. Well, and, and look, they've got to they've got to kick their goals. I mean, gentlemen, if you recall, if you rewind to last year, they kicked six penalty goals in in that we know the All Blacks. So they've just got to go back to what works for them. And today, when Nico Sanchez had a crack, he missed it, and that's because he was low on confidence and he was getting knocked about. So whenever they get an opportunity, even if it's fifty meters out, they've just got to back themselves because even if they do miss the kick, it means that the All Blacks have to restart and kick back into them. So it's got to get a little bit smarter. They've got to kill the clock uh, and just trying to put it out into touch and hoping that they'd win a line-out against what was a pretty resolute all-black defense. And something I have to say today was, uh, apart from one or two hits, you know, they were they were nice and low. They bent at the knees, got nice and square, and they put some big hits, some real solid hits, particularly when the Rhino Tokeahu came in. He, boy, he broke a couple of Argentinians in half. So... They've just got to go back and you know, kind of dial back the, the clock, literally, and think, look, when we get a chance taking the three, let's take the three. 
So to my mind, I think what's the, the big difference this year than last year is last year, look, uh, COVID had stopped all the rugby games all the, and uh, basically the, uh, what do you call it, the the, the Pumas team were, were, were together for about six to eight months uh, leading up to the Tri-Nations uh, and uh, they basically couldn't leave the bubble because they, they knew they would never get out back out of Argentina. So there was no holidays. They were together. They had a lot of time together. This one, they had their games against the, the, the before the uh, July Internationals. Um, they they were with their European clubs. Then you had the, they met for the July Internationals, had to go back to their clubs or go on holiday. They then just gathered about two weeks or a week before the games against South Africa. Um, and so the whole build-up has been different this year. Uh, and uh, they've, they've lost a couple of players, had to go back to, gone back to their French clubs, for example, um, as, as well as a couple of, couple of their props. So uh, I, th I think the whole setup this year, we're, we're getting into back into the sort of situation that we've had, that we have with the Pacific Island teams of just not getting the time together as a squad, um, having, to, having players who aren't available because of their European commitments um, with their clubs. Who don't make themselves available, and to me, that's um, uh, the, with the loss of the Haguares, where they had got ownership of their players all for, for twelve months a year, as this has gone. I think this is this this is this is the future of the Pumas until they can get professional rugby in, in Argentina again. Unfortunately, and also, you know, you, I mean, with the greatest respect for the Pumas, they've just got to hope that the All Blacks don't bring the A game which is pretty much what happened last time. And they got caught out. And, the, you know, the Pumas have to really turn up and give it everything. So they didn't do that today. They, they tried in patches. Um, and again, there's got to be a lot more uh, tactical, particularly around forcing the 50-22 and, and also the kickback uh, or the goal line dropout. So yeah, it's got to be a little bit more smarter when they have ball in hand. I'll tell you what, they'll be um, sweating on the fitness of uh, Nicholas Sanchez as well, because he's a big part of um, uh, their attack. No offence to the other guy who played for the uh, Western Force this year. Um, is it? I'll get to his Milty. name. Ver Milty. He played for the Western Force. Good memory, Paul. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's a, the same sort of player as uh, as Sanchez. And, you know, I can see them getting battered again next week, and it'll probably be a perfect way for maybe the Australians to to basically uh, finish their finish their rugby championship. I'm saying that we got another game coming up in about about twenty odd minutes. Or so. We are. We're just going to wrap this up now. So because um, we have after we'd, we'd, we'd given the had a quick chat about the Argentina. So thank you very much, boys. Um, so we'll be back straight away after the uh, the um, uh, Springbok uh, the, the Wallabies versus the Springboks. Um, I think uh, uh, I think we'll have John on for that one. Um, I think. Uh, uh, Stephen, with work in the morning, we'll probably find the midnight show um, a little bit too um, a little bit late to to, to get onto. I'm sure we'll, have, we'll see we'll see whether uh, whether Bo has stayed awake during that get during the uh, Wallabies. I'll fall asleep, guaranteed. But I will be here at least. So do join us after midnight, or basically after the next game, which will be about midnight. Um, also, folks, um, do support uh, the uh, New Zealand Sport Radio um, through our Patreon page, Patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio. Uh, look, it does um, it does help us put the tech together that we need uh, to be able to bring these uh, shows to you. Uh, we need the broadcast software. So there's various um, subscriptions we also need um, as well. So please do uh, help us out there. And uh, Stephen, Boa, thank you very much. And um, 
on to the next game. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hopefully some...